Neuropathways, a Cleveland Clinic podcast for medical professionals exploring the latest research discoveries and clinical advances in the fields of neurology and neurosurgery. Welcome to another episode of Neuropathways. I'm your host, Alex Ray Grant, neurologist in Cleveland Clinic's Neurological Institute. Together, we are exploring the latest in neurological advances. Today, we're talking with Dr. Sarah Davin and Kush Goyal about managing the complexities of chronic back pain. Dr. Davin is a pain psychologist and the director of the Center for Comprehensive Pain Recovery at Cleveland Clinic's Neurological Institute. Dr. Goyal is a physical medicine and rehabilitation interventionalist and physician leader. He is also a champion of the Back on Trek Chronic Back Pain Program in Cleveland Clinic's Neurological Institute. Sarah and Kush, welcome to Neuropathways. Thanks for having us. Yes, thanks. Glad to be here. So let's start with some easy questions for you both. Where are you from and how did your careers lead you to Cleveland Clinic? Sarah. I am uh, born and raised in Indiana and... um, I came to Cleveland Clinic with a very specific purpose. I actually did my fellowship here in chronic pain uh, psychology. When I got my doctorate in psychology, I knew pretty quickly that I wanted to work with individuals with chronic pain. And there's very few fellowships in the country that um, deliver pain psychology training. So that's how I ended up here and I stayed. Kush? Uh, I am a native uh, east sider of Cleveland, so I went to high school here. Uh, did some college and residency in the Midwest, came back for a fellowship also like Sarah, and uh, kind of stayed on staff after fellowship uh, in the Spine Center. But just to get this clear, you do treat people from the West Side, right? I treat people from all over the country and (laughs) even some people abroad. Very good. Okay. It's estimated there are at least four of five people in the U.S. will suffer from back pain at some time in their lives. That's quite a significant statistic and places a significant burden on the nation. On a previous Neuropathways episode with Mike Steinmetz, we discussed innovative surgical treatment options for back pain patients. Kush, can you share with us how medical management is evolving for the chronic back pain patient? Yeah, in our uh, medical uh, spine department, the advances, the technical advances have not been as great as in the surgical technical advances. However, we've had great progress in terms of uh, multidisciplinary treatment for chronic back pain. We've began to focus more on, again, a multidisciplinary approach uh, to treating back pain, not just focusing on uh, procedures and surgery, but actually integrating other members uh, into the team uh, as far as physical therapists as well as uh, behavioral medicine specialists. All right, so if I was referring a patient to your program, how would I explain pain psychology and what you guys do? That's a really important question. Um, You know, I think uh, it's important to message this as not a uh, psychological condition that Uh, Somebody like me is a behavioral specialist that can help them understand how to utilize their own mind and um, make that a tool that will help them experience less pain. So typically, pain psychology, the treatments we offer are based in cognitive behavioral therapy for pain, which is a very specific treatment approach for individuals that have pain. And we really focus on the connection between one's thinking or mindset and interpretation of their pain, which 
can include um, fearful thoughts or catastrophic thoughts about pain and how it impacts their emotions and then their behavioral coping decisions. Uh, we work with folks on learning how to pace activities um, and to also find ways to calm their nervous system so that um, their pain processing center is less active and over time um, they can experience um, less pain. And with some patients, you will see that quite quickly, once they learn how to regulate their stress, they will say, wow, my pain has gone down. And so um, I think those are some really important uh, sort of selling and messaging points when you're referring to somebody like myself. Do you want to tell us a bit about how someone would come into the program and be evaluated by your, your multidisciplinary team? I mean, how does that actually look? Yeah, there are several ways that can get into our programs. We do have some form of an open access into our chronic back pain programs. Uh, some patients can enter in uh, via a primary care referral, a physical therapy referral, or direct referrals from the spine center or pain management. Do you want to talk a little bit about how we currently approach the chronic pain as an organization? For, for example, some of the maybe some of the pathway approach that we have been using recently? Yeah, the Cleveland Clinic uh, Center for Spine Health has developed a few different care paths for acute, subacute, and chronic back pain, and they are all treated uh, somewhat differently. Uh, but we'll focus on chronic back pain for right now, which we define as having back pain in three months uh, or greater in duration. Often these patients have had back pain frequently for several years, and some have had episodes of pain that have uh, resolved but also recurred several times a year uh, and have lasted many years, it puts them uh, at a loss of function. Sarah, as the, as the director of the Center for Comprehensive Pain Recovery, you lead a uh, cross-functional team of specialists who work together to manage the complexity of chronic pain. Can you tell us uh, the type of patients you see and the role of the team members in their treatment? Within our center, uh, we see uh, any person that has had chronic pain. So as Kush mentioned, that's three months or more of pain. It could be anywhere in the body. And going back to the multidisciplinary approach, that's really uh, the only way that this works because we know that pain is such a complex whole person problem, really. And so that's why it's great to have a team of specialists within our center we have um, physician leaders who are trained in pain as well as in psychiatry and addiction. Uh, we have advanced nurse practitioners that have specializations in treating chronic pain and addiction and um, depression and anxiety, which often co-occur with having any sort of persistent pain. Uh, we have uh, multiple behavioral specialists who have specific training in pain, and this is important to note because pain is, is different than really any other sort of health condition. And so to really know these patients and to understand um, how to educate them and treat them uh, as an entire person, you have to have an understanding of the science behind pain and then the application of the behavioral principles that we use. Uh, we also work very closely with uh, physical and occupational therapists. They're literally right down the hall from us. So it's great because we can um, walk patients down there, coordinate appointments, and um, talk as a team about how each patient is doing and progressing and meeting their goals. And really as a team, our primary goal is to help enhance patients' function, how they are participating in life. Um, pain reduction is part of the goals, but the primary, the first target is getting people moving and doing activities that perhaps they have not been doing because of pain. I understand you guys 
bring in pain psychology early in the treatment and intervention. Can you talk a bit about how that happens? This is an area I get really excited about because um, there's a lot of research coming out about the value of pain psychology or behavioral intervention early on in the course of pain so that it does not become extremely disabling and go on and on and on. Um, there's some research coming out of Stanford that has really led the way in this and showing that early and brief intervention can decrease the risk of pain after surgery. Um, it can decrease what we call um, pain catastrophizing which is essentially a negative pain mindset. And these things are all really closely linked to um, using more healthcare, having more disability associated with pain. Uh, and so when I see patients and I uh, tell them that just by one session, maybe two, uh, meeting with me or somebody like me, they can gain skills that can help them, um, they get excited as well. And so it's a way to make pain psychology scalable and more accessible to more people, as well as not to overly burden the patient with, you know, saying, okay, you're going to have to see me every week for 12 weeks to get any kind of benefit. So let me ask you guys a bit of a different question. But when I think about when I'm treating my chronic population of MS patients, what, what does success look like? What, how do you guys decide your programs have been successful? Yeah, I think I have a unique perspective of seeing patients uh, before the they join a chronic pain program, uh, oftentimes in the middle of the program as well as after. So uh, some of those are some of our most gratifying uh, appointments in, t in my entire practice. So patients will come back, and I usually ask them very simple questions. What do you like about the program? What was surprising? What was unexpected? And what, what would you recommend we change? And one of the first things they usually say is, I wish I knew about this program before. It really changed the way I thought about pain and how I experience it. Uh, you know, it gave me different ways of understanding of how to deal with pain or how to live with it and not really suffer from it, from, but actually live with it. So most of them are really happy that they can come to a place like Cleveland Clinic uh, where we have a multidisciplinary approach to chronic pain, which is often very different from how they were treated uh, before they entered into our center. Are you expecting all the pain to go away? So we tell patients there's different forms of pain. There's, you know, discomfort or stretch. There's uh, pain that gets aggravated by certain mechanical activities. Uh, but ultimately, a lot of the pain gets amplified by how much you think about it, focus on it. Some patients even obsess about it. So we teach them that the mind's focus on pain can actually amplify uh, how much a patient experiences. And we really educate them on ways of learning to live with the pain but not focus on it so much. And that surprisingly and very effectively helps them improve their function. Yeah, so I would think one of the goals would be to have them functioning more either at home or hopefully work. I mean, is that something you guys focus on in the program? And Definitely function, but function means a lot of different things. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you ask what does success look like? And I'm thinking about patients coming back and telling me that they went on a trip somewhere with their family and they're smiling when they talk about it, except in, instead of being preoccupied with um, the trip being completely ruined by their pain. Uh, we focus on getting back to activities that they have stopped doing because of pain. 
and I think ultimately experiencing joy and happiness. And I teach patients that these are really the antidote to pain and can impact your, their pain processing system. So they may not immediately feel you know, 100% less pain, but if they continue to do this over time, what you see is that patients are more um, engaged in life and have um, a variety of life experiences. And then over time, they're talking less about their pain and they're oftentimes feeling less physical discomfort. Yeah, and then we really love when they say, you know, I actually have started to apply for another job and now I'm back to work or I decided to uh, join the workforce. So tell us a little more about programs that you're offering, even ones in a pilot phase. Can we go into that a bit? Sure. So we have two uh, what we call functional restoration programs. These are for folks that have chronic pain. Um, the f- The first is the Back on Track program, which we mentioned um, that Dr. Goyle is very involved in. This is for folks that have three months or more of back pain and involves physical therapy, um, behavioral optimization, and bringing in spine specialists as needed. Then we also have an intensive outpatient program for pain. It's called the Chronic Pain Neuro Rehabilitation Program. And this is for those very complex individuals with any sort of chronic pain condition that has become... uh, Uh, very disabling that requires more intensive care. And that's a Monday through Thursday day program for four weeks. Um, So those are our primary functional restoration programs. Um, We also have some exciting uh, new pilot programs uh, that we are offering through the Center for Comprehensive Pain Recovery. The first of which is a perioperative optimization clinic uh, that we are collaborating with the Center for Spine Health for. So the idea here is to identify patients prior to surgery that have um, certain risk factors that um, we can target very um, quickly. And uh, so we will make it more likely that their surgical outcome will be a favorable one. Uh, Along with that, we are offering uh, a single session pain psychology class, and this is um, based off of the research out at Stanford. Um, They have found that this class, when people sit through it post-surgery, they are quicker to reducing opioids and they have better overall outcomes. Um, And then we are also doing a research project around that particular single session pain psychology class, offering it in person and also a digitized version for patients that are having um, lumbar laminectomy. So I know that a lot of clinicians do see chronic pain patients in their practice of neurology or general internal medicine practice. So any advice you'd share with them in terms of how they are dealing with that population and and ways that they could do it in a little more optimal way? Yeah, I've learned a lot over the course of probably the last five or six years uh, working at Center for Spine Health and meeting uh, a lot of colleagues that taught me how to really understand a patient's pain, but really you have to listen to the patient. So first, you don't want to be narrow-minded about just treating patients the way you are specifically trained to do. You also want to learn what other options are available. For me, I didn't really understand initially how much their stress or their coexisting psychiatric illnesses can play a role in their pain. As I started to understand that over the last few years, uh, I started to understand that and be able to explain to patients that does your stress or does your anxiety tend to increase your pain or affect your pain? And I started to understand that patients who have coexisting biopsychosocial problems tend to, again, amplify their back pain or focus on it a lot. So as I understood that, I could start to explain to them that we actually have a great team that can help them with their problem beyond just the typical treatments of injections or surgery. 
I would also say believe in the power of early intervention. Uh, oftentimes, I think that we get in the mindset of not doing anything until we see something really bad or we, we know for sure that this patient is in a high degree of suffering. And um, if you can take uh, even one or two minutes to explain to the patient what's going on, um, they really have a need to know and to understand. And then um, referring to a team like ours who can help to teach them and to educate them and to arm them with some skills and tools to uh, self-manage their pain and to lessen the likelihood of chronic disabling pain. Well, Sarah and Kush, thank you so much for joining us today. We really appreciate your time and insights. Thanks for having me. It was fun. Thank you. This concludes this episode of our Neuropathways podcast. You can find additional podcast episodes on our website, clevelandclinic.org slash neuropodcast. Subscribe to the Neuropathways podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget, you can access real-time updates from experts in Cleveland Clinic's Neurological Institute on our ConsultQD website, consultqd.clevelandclinic.org neuro, or follow us on Twitter at cleclinicmd, all one word, that's at cleclinicmd on Twitter. Thank you for listening. Please join us again soon.